Hello, everybody. Welcome to Banana Split Podcast, episode 12. Today, we have a special Oz Comic Con edition review. You are listening to me, Vin, and... Patrick. Great. So, Oz Comic Con, September the 30th to October the 1st. Just happened recently. Uh, Patrick and I, we both attended in our cosplay gear, and it's moved to a new venue, to the Darling Harbour International Convention Center. And we've had a lot of uh, mixed reviews from uh, fans and cosplayers and attendees uh, going to this new place. And Patrick, uh, first of all, uh, what was your thoughts on the new venue? Uh, as usual, I had a really good time. I love Oz Comic Con and I'll always be in the bag for events like that. Um, but yeah, obviously it was a new um, physical location and I have been to an event there, the Rooster Teeth thing, uh, a few months ago, but it was downstairs, so completely different other than the fact that you had to park um, in a very expensive parking space or like a pleb, catch a train to Central, then get a tram and then walk at least, oh, I don't know, what, 100 meters? So, yeah. Well, I would I, be one of those pubs. cries out for those people. Town but, Hall um, to Darling Harbour. Yeah. yeah, so it was a little crammed, um, but overall it was a great event and there was lots to do and lots to see. There were lots of issues came out of that, obviously. Like any event, there's always going to be a few um, bugs that, uh, or niggles that need to be ironed out over time. Like next year, I'm sure they'll listen to the feedback and um, improve where they can. Like some stuff was limited by just the, the nature of the venue. Um, but yeah, I did read a couple of reviews just on people's, their own walls and in different groups. And mm-hmm. so I've got to kind of share some of the things I picked up. Um, yeah. What, what about you? Um, that was my first time exploring the whole International Convention Centre. One of the positives certainly was the uh, large outdoor open space. You could see a lot of the cosplay photographers taking advantage of that. The rooftop area was a great place to chillax. They had a lot of uh, beach deck chairs to sit down. Some of them were broken by people of large weight. <coughs> um, yeah. uh, not you, Patrick, Sorry. not at all. I know, I did actually end up breaking one of them at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of my gripes was the, uh, it was just too spread out. Like the panels and the, the venues that they showed, uh, the cosplay championships was all the way on the other side, two levels down. So I was basically walking marathons mm. between the main hall and going to panels. Um, that, that does not happen to other cons where it's usually just one level, one big space. So one corner has like a panel, then the rest of it is like the main hall with the, the, mm. The, uh, the shops and what have you. Um, that, that was my main issue. And, uh, but I was happy to see guests. It was, it was, it was fine. Um, uh, we did have the p- pleasure to see uh, Nicola Scott, the uh, Wonder yep, Woman artist. Yeah, both attended a panel there. Yeah, she asked some great questions. And Patrick, you, you've asked an awesome question. Uh, you had right. the, the limelight. So what did you ask? Uh, I had noticed something in the news recently um, about James Cameron um, basically putting the film on blast also how it treated the character of Wonder Woman and saying she was over-sexualized and uncomplicated and, you know, um, his version of a powerful woman was much, well, basically implying that what he did with Linda Hamilton in Terminator was a lot more um, worthy. Yeah. So, and Furiosa in Mad Max and things like that. So I just thought, wanted to know what she thought of that and she uh, had a pretty strong reply. So it was good. Like not all heroines need to be some kind of brooding, emo, tortured soul with lots of complicated issues that have to be hashed out, and you know they don't. You know they can be just a paragon of virtue, and you know, like you've got 
dozens and dozens of or hundreds of male characters. It's a great point, yeah. That are the same. Why can't there be one female? That's like she's the spokesperson for the Avenger. Oh, sorry for the Justice League. Oh, he's um, gonna get bashful in that. Yeah, I look forward to. <laughs> sorry, that. nerds. So. He's corrected it now. So um, yeah, no, I just she was very she she's good like in the sense that even if there wasn't any questions, she could just carry on herself. And I talked to her later afterwards at one of the desks, and uh, like she would sit there all day and sign copies. I bought um, an issue of her new graphic novel called Black Magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and got her to sign that, so it was good. Nice man. Um, that's what I I like those kind of celebrities that are famous for work behind the scenes because she's more she, as an illustrator. You know, you're not seeing her face out there so much. It's more of a name. And you also um, had an interaction with another name that's not so much sure. Um, but before I get to that, face-wise, um, but, it's, it's yeah. very true because she she talks about like, oh, this is just one flavor of feminism that people yeah. aren't happy with because there's different levels. So if we have our Superman and Captain America, these paragons of virtue, as you say, that are completely pure and of good of heart, why not have a Wonder Woman? You know, that, that's a great point but one one thing she also talked about was um like advice for like comic book artists and she she talks mm. to people about are you willing to do this to do the same thing every day for the rest of your life because it, it, there's that sliding scale of passion and a job mm. and she talks about how one issue is typically 20 pages and a lot of these like artists that begin early in their career they burn themselves out by the fourth page because there's different drawings, different angles, a lot of reference material. And um, on top of all that, the deadlines that you have to, to, to cover as well. Um, these monthly issues uh, just take so much work and so much effort. And she mentioned that she does 10-hour days and working seven days a week with very mm. little break. So all that glamour and glitz with um, having your name printed on copy uh, may not necessarily be the greatest. Um, so for me as an artist, as a as a videographer, as an editor, mm. um, I'm starting to feel that. Uh, you've got to really enjoy it because 99.99% of artists like her and you and anyone else in the creative industry really aren't seeing returns financially. You know, It's yes. all about the passion. So yeah. you've got to be able to balance that. So someone yeah. like her. And, and she did describe how long it took to break in and how she had to show that year after year coming back and trying again and again mm. that sort of persistence yeah because so. she started late in career she really mm. did it at 30 years old and yep. there was a 13 year old girl that asked her that question That's right, yeah so um it, it's all about persistence but um after many years you, you, you're gonna have to reevaluate yourself and ask yourself like is it worth it um how do you fuel that passion what are your new motivations um, i've got my own reasons to improve technically and conceptually but we'll talk about a video that i've done later um, but yes, uh, there was a panel that I met. Um, I'm sorry, I was listening to the actors, voice actors, Mark Meir and Paul Eiding, who are famous for Commander Shepard from Mass Effect and uh, the Colonel from Metal Gear Solid. And they, they've done hundreds of roles and it was great listening to them. Um, I've asked Paul Eiding a question, which was, uh, what are the biggest misconceptions people have about voice acting? And a lot of them say, oh, I've got the voice, I can do it. It's like just because you have a voice, it doesn't mean you can act. Because every single voice actor that says that gives advice, the first thing always they say is act. So it's like theater, radio. But a lot of them typically come from Broadway, like acting stage background, you know, using those like arms, like face, like all these expressions. But um, the voice acting is particularly hard because you only have the voice. You don't have 
you don't feed off the audience. You don't feed off a camera with angles. Nothing is visual. It's all through your voice. And you have to imagine all these things and to communicate the, um, the, the, the character as well. Uh, so I think I have so much respect for these guys. And Mark Mir, he's, he's a huge gamer. He's a huge nerd. He, you'll love this, Patrick. Um, he played Fallout 4. He's a big fan of the Fallout oh, okay. series. I should have gone and, in there in my vault suit. And he like, well, I haven't in. played Mass Effect, so... yeah. Which it's one of those games I've seen a lot of cosplay. I've seen a lot of um, references to the story, and there was a huge controversy about the ending. And That's then they right. Changed it because um, I'm a long time reader of the uh, now. I think it's quarterly magazine called Hyper. And there's around. I bought the I first Hyper, issue. Yeah. It was called Virtual Sex. Yeah. On the cover, it had these um, idealized kind of concept drawings of how virtual reality might end up with you know in regards to um, people using it for, you know, more illicit pleasures. And uh, that really went hot off the shelves and it was one of the most popular gaming mags out there, at least in Australia, because it's purely... It was made in Redfern, where I lived. So, you know, I was a big fan. Um, all through the years, went overseas, Royal came back, got into it again. And unfortunately, due to the nature of the printing industry, uh, it's had to cut down to, I think it's like four issues a year or something. Wow. Um, so I'm not even sure my subscription's still current, um, and a lot of un- yeah, it's, that's one of many victims of that decline. Um, there's a couple of great car mags as well that went by the wayside, so that's a pity. But yeah, Mass Effect to get back on track. Um, I really look forward to playing that one day. As long as by the time I get around to playing it, it'll probably be a remastered, eight like 4K version. Hopefully. Yeah, um, like I'm playing now with Gears of War, which is oh, awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and surprisingly, like it is just a run and gun shooter, but there's a couple of levels where you've actually got to use your brain a little bit. And there's this yeah. huge thing that chases you around called a berserker, and you have to get it to chase you up to a wall, and it breaks through, and then yeah. you kill it with a satellite or something. So much fun. There's nothing in that game that's realistic, but yeah, it's all about um, just having a good time. So yeah, cool. Um, Mark, what's his name? Mark Mir. Mir. You know yeah. what? We should have got him to do like an intro for our podcast. Yeah. Um, so just want to Maybe talk about he, he's a massive RPG fan. He does D&D, does improv, skit acting. But he, he this is the one fact that blows me away. He's clocked in over a thousand hours on Fallout 4 and building I'm settlements. close. Yeah. To that. So he basically like two months of his life on Fallout 4. Mm. It's like, oh, I wanted to, can't wait to tell Patrick how much of a fan he is. And uh, he recognized people in the vault suit in the audience as yep. well. He's like, oh, I love your vault suit. And he was in cosplay throughout the whole day. Mm. Um, he was like the, the Commander Shepard cosplay. And then you took a photo of him near the Marvel uh, booth. Oh, did I? He was wearing this mask. Like it was a Game of Thrones. It's like white mask, orcish character. Okay. That, that was him. Um, I, the only Game of Thrones character I remember taking a photo of was the Night King. You know, the guy that controls all the zombies? Yeah, was it? Um, it was like, he was bold. it was bold. like a full-on latex mask. It was like it was a latex like mask. That, apparently, that was him. Really? Yeah. He walks around constant stuff, ah. like disguised. Well, like, yeah, but I mean, even, even if it was... I mean, how many people are going to recognize a voice actor by face? It's not like okay. he's, um, you know, one of the other famous people that have done that. Like the two guys from Breaking Bad. Um, yep. Yeah. Arya Stark. She's done it with a Spider-Man. And even... Um, not the current Spider-Man, but the one before him. Andrew Garfield? Yeah, he did it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I, I remember so. that. That was pretty good. And it was like a bad Spider-Man suit. So just no one would have expected <laughs> no it. I love that stuff. I would, oh, I would yeah. 
die to meet someone that way and then just have them pull off their mask and yeah like, sure oh that would blow my mind but um yeah so you met him and did you end up asking him a question or anything um yeah i asked him about what are gaming trends that you like um it's a pretty deep question because like oh, Flappy Bird was released years ago. If you what are that. things that you like that are happening in gaming? Okay, like the gaming trends, like yeah. like happening now. But he, right. he mainly just answered it with like, "Oh, I love role playing games. There's more of that than I'm happy." Like I play mm. shooters, I play Resident Evil, and the reason why I play Resident Evil, sorry, I bought a console was because of Resident Evil. Um, but in gaming trends, he didn't really answer it properly. But I was happy for him, like giving his spiel. Yeah. Um, one thing I asked Paul Eating was like, were there any fan moments that uh, made him happy? And uh, I was like, did you ever get like a free coffee at a Starbucks because of your voice or something like that? And like, no, nah, it never, never happened to me. But um, there were fans that would never believe that he was the voice of that game. And he had to do it several times for them to believe it because of the <laughs> yep. skepticism that you get. Because you never see, as you say, you never see yeah, the face, you, but the, you know? the digital characters. Pull out your smartphone and Google them, I guess. It's like, but... I'm him, but... Yeah. Yeah, so but I'm I'm happy. It was like like a couple of hours of like free panels, and we got to sit on the front because heck, VIP or platinum holders didn't weren't bothered, and plus none of the seats were full anyway. So we were all sat in the front row, and it was really fun. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, the cosplay championships hmm. that we both went to. Um, the the so it was the, the national final for Australia, mm. so they went through a couple of different prizes. There was best armor. Which was one guy with a by guy with a huge sword that lit up, had something like 150 individual LEDs in it. Um, so it was pretty cool. Uh, what else did they have? Best like Seam- seamstress. The seamstress. Yeah. So that was a girl that had this uh, really elaborate white dress. Looked vaguely Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, with yeah. all the heart cards and um, and they went into a really. It was interesting because I've been to a few different um, cosplay comps in my time, and the way they did it on the stage on the weekend and we only saw the one on Sunday. I didn't catch the one on Saturday because I was just lost in the halls and there's no sense of time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they just had a the cosplayer write out um, the answers to a couple of questions and, you know, basic stuff that they always ask and then the host did a quick read spill as they walked down to the stage mm. and did their posing. So that was happening at the same time as they were moving around and the photos taken so that worked really well yeah and because especially with a big competition like that where they're all usually wearing a lot of um heavy armor and they've got stuff covering their face so you can imagine a number of times i've seen people answer questions and i've done it myself in my fallout armor where i've had to somehow speak through the face shield and it's just impossible it's like awkward real fast yeah you can't no one can understand you and yeah so i like the way they did that um and it was an american girl some semi-famous cosplayer uh, that was doing the... Yeah, she did really well. So Yeah. Um, it, they moved along quite quickly and there wasn't that many cosplayers. It was maybe just the champions, obviously. So From each state. that, six yeah. plus. Um, then they brought on a few others as well. But they were all top tier. So. Yeah, for sure. And the winner was well-deserved with Wiru um, coming out and claiming the... I mean, if they were giving a prize simply for biggest cosplay... He would have won it on that. Like if that was the only criteria. But obviously there was a lot of work that went into it. Yeah. As well. So it, uh, You've been a, a judge in, in other competitions. Well, like, yeah, just um, not really. I haven't actually sat down and judged. I usually try and organize judges for um, smaller grassroots community cosplay comps like Collectomania. 
um, PopCon when it was running. Uh, we lost that venue because it was basically falling apart. And uh, the guy that kind of started it and had all the connects with Maya and stuff for sponsorship kind of realized that the num- numbers weren't... Once they stopped advertising in the paper, the numbers really dropped off. And it wasn't really financially sustainable for the stall holders. And, you know, they weren't seeing the returns that they needed. So, yeah, I'd love to do something like that again. I had someone ask me today online, you know, do I know of another event like that? That's ha- and there's nothing. There's pretty much just the giant tentpole cons that happen yeah, every few months. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll get lucky during con season because they're all kind of crammed together. You had like Supernova a couple of weeks and Smash, then a couple more weeks, then this Oz Comic Con. Um, and now we're basically just sitting around till what March? There's Iron Fest. And that's not really, that doesn't really count for most people because yeah. it's out of town and it's considered a medieval thing. And but. also in February, there's the uh, Walking Dead Stalker Con that's mm. happening in Sydney and Melbourne. There is a, a zombie walk that's come back. Oh, yeah. Year. Like, I'm interested so, in that. Yeah, I've it's seen a, that event pop up per on se, but I guess it's a great place to just mm. come together again and just chill. And almost any costume, costume can go. You just slap some blood on it and, hey, I'm a zombie. Zombie stormtrooper, zombie whatever. Yeah, I'll be so, Glenn again from Walking yeah. Dead. Rip, rip, buddy. Rip. Might pull out that scary clown mask that seems to be in vogue at the moment. With the, the classic. It. There was a Peter Stein did a really good it on a Saturday, and he said, "Great cosplay." By a long margin, he had more people approach him for photos with that costume than he's ever had. And given that he usually plays a fairly good Joker, yeah, that says something. So, the Sunday it was kind of a cross between it and the Joker. Uh, which I think worked really well, but I don't know if it was his... But the, the it from popular. the film definitely takes oh, the wow. cake. It was People so were just good. mobbing him. I couldn't... Yeah. I tried to talk to him for a few minutes when I ran into him, and it was just wow. impossible. So, um, But he did write a little... Um, he always does a good write-up of events. So I'll pick one thing that he um, brought up to attention. Sure. Um, the main thing that stuck out for me was where he was in line. Um, he had a token... He's waiting to see Jason Momoa as it. Um, and he didn't get it printed, like this little barcode thing. So, but he checked and whoever the staff member was that talked to him said, that's fine, no worries. Okay, so he stays in line. Another hour goes by. He finally gets up to the... I don't know how people wait around that long to see someone famous for two seconds. I Four don't know hours, how they do yeah. it, but, you know, good for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, and, yeah. you know, and pay all that money. So he gets to the booth and he's told then that he has to get the token printed and that uh, to come back and line up all over again. So he said, wow. he stood his ground and said, hell no, I'm not lining up again. The supervisor saw that and uh, let him go through and, and somehow got it printed after the photo was taken. So yeah, that was a bit of a misstep. And I had a few people, I was asking for directions to different things like that. Stage one. stage one, I was stage told two. it was on level four, and then later on you proved to me that it wasn't, so you know, there's definitely friends, an issue man. with training for, I know they don't get paid, but the volunteers really, yep. you know, there's a bit the of fact a, that the uh, attendees, me, had to mm. direct you to the right place, um, oh yeah, side yeah. note, just random, the, the best part about the day was playing music off my Bluetooth speaker, and I realized you had your son there as, mm. as well, and I played the Vince McMahon music, <laughs> the, the No Chance and then we all did the Vince McMahon walk for about... I didn't even know there was a walk, but 20, I was doing it anyway, seconds. apparently. You basically walk like <laughs> and a you're giant in your fallout eight. suit. It was so funny. It was so like boss, like you having a theme music like basically around you and then mm. people were looking like, what the fuck are these guys doing? 
Um, but it was all in good fun. I was playing that music all day, mm. and all the kids were turning around like, "Oh look, it's the Vince McMahon music!" But I can't find it. Who is this kid? <sighs> and all the adults as well. So we we clearly have I didn't a lot. Realize of, how popular that. Well, you might have to actually do a Vince McMahon cosplay. The, the wrestling. Well, the wrestling uh, fans in Australia is massive. Mm. That's why they had the event like three or four weeks ago in yeah. uh, Kudos Arena right. at Homebush. Um, That's in everyone's minds. But so you did Top Gear, Top Gun. Sorry. Yeah, I did um, Top Gun. I did. <laughs> I did. And how did you find that compared to say your Star Wars? Look, man, I'm I'm not going to do cardboard stuff. At least traveling to the uh, ICC, it's just navigating around crowds was mm. horrible. And majority, I was I was like carrying it around like yeah. vertical and then horizontal. I was getting bumped everywhere. Uh, shout out to all the guys at the Cos Cos Hospital. Yeah. Um, they had to glue my wings again. Uh, they did an amazing job, but. Yeah, um, big and large props. Uh, it's it's not the best thing logistically. Uh, it was fun, certainly. Mm. Like it had a lot of like nostalgic moments with people recognizing me and playing the Danger Zone on mm. my speaker. But otherwise, um, I'm going to keep it with casual clothes uh, from now on. Yeah. Um, to be fair, the Saturday I was I wasn't really in costume. I brought my power armor. I filled the car, um, but sadly, I didn't have anyone with me to help put it on because it's a, at least a two man job. So. Yeah, I need to get more friends. I'm sorry, Patrick. Um, no, you did well last year, but um, you know, I just need to have someone a bit more. The um, thing is, EB Expo last year was pretty roomy. It was yeah. a lot more space, so yeah. it makes sense. Anywhere in Homebush is great, mm. but come still, on, there was man. some big. You still had that uh, giant. Um, is it a big daddy from Bioshock? Yeah, walking around. There was still some fairly large you cosplays. Had some Deadpool Lego guys. Um, and once I get outside, there was some really good spots to do shoots. So I think photographers, by and large, are pretty happy. Um, we were crammed in a little compared to Supernova because, you know, it's Homebush. They've got more room. It's all um, ground level. It, I mean, they've got that little staircase that goes up around the edge with the balcony. Yeah. But generally, it's just one big floor. Um, whereas at ICC, it's, what, four or five levels? So, you know, the one hall they do have for all the stalls, there's no sort of uh, going out to a different section to see the... What would you call it? The Artist Alley? They were crammed into maybe three aisles. Did you feel the Artist and, Alley was uh, smaller or was I it I think crammed? they would have had to be less for sure than Supernova because... Um, and the problem with that was no one could find it. There wasn't enough signage, but at least they had a huge hall and there was lots of them. Whereas in this one, it was... Normally, Artist Alley, like it's it's a little bit emptier than the... the like it's a bit further away from yeah. the main crush of crowds. Yes. But that... <laughs> in this wasn't so much the case here because no matter where you moved, it was full. So um, Crammed is definitely the uh, key word here. Um, I noticed that when we were at stage three listening to Nicholas Scott, we're hearing some like loud noises and singing and it just goes to show that all these sections uh, were crammed in, especially the cosplay central. I think maybe there was an issue with the photography, cosplay photography area. Um, it felt just very miniature. Mm. Um, and then the people that were lining up for photos at that section, they were blocking off areas for me to walk through. Um, and then the people waiting for Jason Momoa, God forbid, that was like going through Flemington Markets for, for trying to find the savings. It was so crowded. I, I, it was, I was getting yeah, exhausted. Yeah, or like Grand Central Station in New York, like at peak hour. It was insane. Or, it was or maybe crazy. if you look at a photo or one of those little clips of like the stock exchange where they're all um, reaching out through <laughs> a sea of men shouting. And yeah. in this case, it wasn't um, reaching out with well, whatever they use in those places to say, buy more, sell in this case, it was they were reaching out to try and get their photo of themselves with whichever star. Um, and I don't know if they were given tokens to do that with, but 
it apparently I've heard you know a lot of people complain that it was a bit disorganized and yeah um the fact that you had, they were asking you had to print your tokens was interesting because mm. no other con spe- specifies that you have to print it physically yeah well, you're typically showing something like you said here that uh showing your smartphone is okay right you would think so like that's what I do at the cinema I just turn up and get it scanned yeah but then it prints it for you so it's it's they let me have the photo and then went to get my token printed for proof. So it's something to do with verifying that you've actually, you can't use it more than once, maybe. I don't know. You'd, you'd think there would be a way for them to scan it but, and then that's it. You can't scan it again. But, yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, he said, this is back to Peter's review. Um, none of the staff seemed to know where the parade was being held. I asked for the map in their hand and found it easily. So, you know, maybe some should have taken more time to familiarize themselves with where everything was. Um, and this is. For him, it's a big problem. I think for 99% of people, it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. But Peter's so conscientious that he calls up the Oz Comic Con people weeks beforehand to check if he's allowed to have a helium balloon, you know, as it. Um, I can't think of anyone else I know that would check something like that. He's very um, forward thinking and all about... Pedantic? Yeah, he's just... He's, he's a good boy scout. So, And he was a little upset that there was a whole bunch of people there wandering around with helium balloons. Uh-huh. Who obviously, he just went, hey... I'm a, I'm a clown or Georgie or whoever and I need a balloon and turned up with one and no one on the spot was like, that's a problem because they didn't go through the channels and think about it and talk to right. the venue staff. They were just there and had to deal with however many thousand people were flooding through the doors. So obviously a few got missed. Well, so I can't there was really... a lot of security as well, mm. right? There's like yeah, security there was a lot of security, door. but they're just to make sure they're not worried about a helium balloon. They're worried about... The, Someone running in there with something sharp and going like, a bit loopy. Like, like show your bands, happened. please. Raise your hands for your Speaking bands. Speaking of where security would be needed, maybe um, further up the road at the pubs at two in the morning. What happened? So, uh, smooth segue. Yeah. So basically, uh, Wolverine cosplayer um, had a little too many to drink, got kicked out of a pub, got into an altercation with two passers-by, knocked one of them out, and then was laying into a the second guy when the cops turned up and arrested him uh he's quoted as saying it was just a misunderstanding which doesn't really sound like something a wolverine would say he'd just be like you know like screw you man screw you bub something like that get out of my face but you're not worth it he'd probably spent a night in well according he was released that morning so i don't think he even went to uh the correctional lockup he would have just got bail like police bail yeah. He's got to go to court for that. But I mean, that wasn't, I've seen the photos, it was no one I recognized and I've got to a point where if it was anyone that was really in the scene yes. locally, I would know their face. So Sure, you know a lot of people that turned up, bought like, well, <laughs> I know just from walking around a lot, what a lot of people, I, I tend to recognize faces more than names and everything and I'm not, I'm not saying anyone knows who I am. So I was walking around with my son, thankfully he could come for a few hours on Sunday and had a really good time. Because I really don't get to see him enough. Yeah. And um, he seemed to enjoy it. Though there was a few moments where he said, look, can we just go to the chill-out room and sit down and colour in? So he's still eight years old. I've got to remember that. He's not just some... Yeah, man. I treat him like he's basically my You've got to stop sometime. shopping at the artist alley for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get anything you want. He's like, I just want to go and lie down and colour in. So like, um, although cool. you guys did take photos with the, uh, the Thor and the Hulk. Um. um yeah, yeah, the big statue things. Yeah, no, he had yeah. a, an amazing time, but That's he just he needed a bit more 
like I'll be at it all day and lose track. Um, and it's only when you force yourself to go get something to eat and sit down that it, you kind of realize that you need a break. But um, yeah, he's got a lot more self-discipline, I guess. But yeah, yeah. he did say it was crazy how many people are like, hey, Patrick. And yeah. that's just a symptom of, um, you know, just doing it so often rather than being especially that's charismatic right. or anything. Well, So yeah, I think, you know, you win in that um, if that's over a competition. Yeah. But um, yeah, either way, we all had a good time. And uh, I don't think we can really lay any serious criticism at the doorstep of um, Reed Pop, who organized it. Or, um, you know, the PR team did a really good job. We met up on Tuesday leading up to it at Darling Harbour to do a little uh, promo piece for Channel 7. Daily Telegraph did some social media shoots. Fantastic. Um, so we had a bunch of cosplayers turn up for that. And they all got free tickets they didn't know they were going to get them so there was no real incentive for them to be there other than just for the love of cosplay so yeah it was good to see uh you know it was about 20 people so that was yeah i was impressed with that because normally you get the whole like half turn up thing but it was a healthy seems like a new rule on social media or facebook it's like 20 going 10 will be going yeah um but, um, but they were all decked out i saw some of the images on channel 7 like full beautiful gowns and suits and yeah um, we had bell you know um, the full was it was peter there with the whole joker the yeah peter suit? turned up with joker he yeah, was, that's was gonna do it but um not the best <laughs> considering that we did the shoot right next to a playground yeah uh, probably ended up best then, that he stuck yeah with. they're not they're not gonna float too um cool <laughs> um but yeah that i mean it was it was okay like i i still felt some negative energy because of like the venue change and how actually it felt very dark in the halls very dark and claustrophobic mm, what well, with tight. all those huge plate glass windows looking out onto the in the main hall um, no in the main like hall. inside the yeah. main hall yeah like because yeah. out once you're out in that aisle that's fine whereas in the, glebe, in the main hall yeah i don't know if it was dark i did have to check a few times whether i was wearing my sunglasses I got to admit, I was like, "Am I wearing my normal yeah, glasses?" Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, you might be right totally. there. But Whereas, do you not remember yeah. like Glebe was so open, free, high ceilings, bright, and with Glebe. a white color scheme? You know, where you had to travel by um, like bus or, or like. Oh, you're talking about the uh, one last year where they did it in that. Yeah, yeah that was a bit brighter. Okay, yeah, uh, fair fair point there. Um, I I can't remember how size wise it compared, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was actually a pretty good venue. Um, it was just the distance, and that's now why it's moved. And I get that. And there's not much they can do about stage one being downstairs, and you know, it forces the fans to really be um, assertive in showing their appreciation. You know, and it was still a fairly full uh, venue. Like the the stage, it was all like tiered seating, as if it was like a giant cinema, um, or where you might see opera or something like that. Um, and it was still fairly full, so... Yeah. And that was just for, like... I mean, yeah, it was the finals, but it wasn't like they were going to see every cosplayer there. Like, I think Saturday they might have done a... a the cosplay parade. A, but yeah, there might have been a few more people. But, um... So, yeah, it seems like it's a healthy hobby and it's still kicking along gangbusters. And, yeah. You know, the crowds that turned up... Um, obviously, they got a lot more walk-in foot traffic being in Darling Harbour, which is just not going to happen, like out at uh, the island or right. Homebush. You know, right. the only time it would happen maybe at Homebush is if there's a football game next door. Um, yeah, so you know. yesterday it was like the grand final. And Apparently, then... yes, go sports ball. Uh, some <laughs> team from Mexico won. So yeah, I know, right? On them. Playing in Australian sports league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen an NRL, AFL in a long time. But 
Yeah, I mean, luckily... I You've went, got to prioritise, really, don't you? Yeah, cosplay's better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, and, but, oh, well, last night we all went for dinner at... Uh, was a Korean barbecue. barbecue. Oh. And I can't recommend let, their fried about, chicken, I've got to say. Let's talk about Patrick's wonderful side story. <laughs> um, he ordered this chicken for $36. Oh my God. Yeah. And, I mean, it looked good on the outside, but then... Yeah, they had like a cheese like? Um, batter. Yeah, and then you ate it, and then surprise, surprise! What it was happened? like ninety nine percent just bone and gristle. You sounded really angry. When you I was not impressed. When you you know you go out like most the- of the week, I just have to eat crappy fast food or stuff that I've made. Um, so to go out with mates at a restaurant, I'm like, well, this is a good time. I want to you know really have the best of everything. Um, not that that was consciously on my mind, but when it turned up, and I've been waiting a while. I was pretty hungry. And it was like 10 pieces of just bone and gristle. And no one could speak Korean except our one friend who, let's be fair, is a little, um, takes a little bit of explaining to, for him to understand what you want. Um, so I had to translate through him to the waiter what was going on. Like, come on, have you got any actual chicken downstairs? Yes. Um, all they came back with was you should have ordered the sweet and sour. So, not too impressed with that. That's not a good reasoning no. because irrespective of the different flavors, the chicken should remain the same. Yeah, uh, I really think there was something lost in translation there. Um, but anyway, uh, you didn't sound very pleased and I was next to you and I was like, do you want to order more chicken or you just finally <laughs> complain? Because in Asian restaurants, we don't care if you complain. Yeah. Um, we just care that you I forgot where I was. Money. It's, I thought that was just Chinese restaurants they where they make an workers. art of being rude. Yeah. And I get that. And, and that's fine. But, they did a surcharge yeah. on the FPOS, which is not typical working practice even on No, weekends, I never heard right? of that. Apparently, that is illegal because yeah. someone, one of uh, our friends' boyfriends used to work for the tax office. And yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. But I think someone ended up paying with their card anyway. So. Yeah, but uh, paid them in cash because cash that's is always king. Cash yeah. is king. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely where we are never going to that place again. I really? know way better Korean barbecue okay. restaurants that cool. aren't stingy with the meat. Yeah. And and offer actually offer mixed platters because typically in Korean barbecues you can order uh, different special packs with different meats, but this is like only mm. selective with the meats. And yeah, I hope they only good. got a ten percent tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the waiters typically get paid, you know, ten dollars or yeah. Less I do per feel hour. bad for them, and that's partly why they do the surcharge thing is so people are forced to pay cash. And then they can just pay the waiters like four dollars an hour or whatever. Correct. So, uh, and a lot of these are students from like university and stuff. Yeah. So, and also with that, um, they can't work twenty hours more than twenty hours a week or something because of their visa, student visa. Yeah, but I'm they're doing afraid. fifty or sixty. Yeah. Come on. Just of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, f- feel bad for those guys, uh, but not for the food though. The food was so bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we didn't digress there at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back to the con. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I can say. Uh, well, it was I wish a great you, venue. Yeah. Um, there was shen- shenanigans that night that the media sensationalized. And I saw headlines like superhero brawl in the city and, you know, Comic-Con fans, you know, dressed up as Wolverine, you know, fighting Power Rangers. And it was just all this, you know, they just dived on it with these crazy headlines. But, you know, obviously the reality was a lot more mundane than that. Yeah, it um, definitely wasn't eloquent so at all. Other than that, there wasn't really any drama that I heard of. Um who are the usual suspects? Gary Messer playing Freddy. No drama there. Uh, the Saturday, he dressed up as Gene Simmons from Kiss. He was very popular. So it was really? good to see him do a different cosplay. Yeah, yeah. Hey. You know, he had the tongue work and everything. So see, I'm a fan of the him. 80s. I think he's, 
He's um adapting. He's to evolving social norms. Yeah, cool, so, cool. Good for him. Uh, what else? I what actually normally see. I want to talk about like judging in general. The judges mm. at the cosplay comp were like legit costume professionals for feature films, TV shows, yeah, and and other other productions. Um, the thing is, like, because it's such a subjective thing, like. Wiru was was massive, like a huge cosplay compared to the other five for interstate how, how, winners. Right? What was he like? Twenty foot high? I don't know. It was yeah, like a was small building. Yeah, and then he had with the wings. The, the, the other cosplay unit character. Yeah, he had like his um, guide was dressed up as a Final Fantasy. Yeah, so character. he had the. Whole... And was that? Um, I think that was. Uh, I forget her name, but yeah, she was slightly famous cosplayer as well. But yeah, just, she's kind of chilled out a bit with how often she does it like i've noticed with a few i ran into um lucky bones and grim bones um who do their podcast mm-hmm. as well uh dan milkovich and black cat back yep. in the day yeah they've also sort of dialed back how often they do cosplay but when they do it wow they really go for it like they were basically she was playing cable um and he was another x-men and they just looked amazing so yeah it was good to see but uh quality of a quantity yeah, they, I don't know. They just, they've moved on to evolving the more of the media side of things. Yeah. And that's cool. I think that's so. definitely a smart move. Um, definitely to uh, spread your wings and uh, diversify your creative portfolio. Yeah, well, now I guess it's more quality over quantity. Like they used to just bring it every single time. They would, like she was talking about in one podcast where she'd wear like four or five different costumes in one day, which is insane. You're joking. Um, no, no. Wow. So, you know, you don't need to do that. Um, yeah, and I did have a few friends like I think it was Jackie May Lenton who wore two costumes in one day at one point. Um, so it's so we got shirts. So I still have to pick them up. Uh, they were there yeah. on the at the con, but like my power armor, they're in her car. So we got our own Beyond Cosplay T-shirts. Woo! So I have to get you one as well. Um, I already ordered one through um, Revan. Yep. If yeah. any listener wants one, get in touch. And if you want one of our shirts with Banana Split. We'll have to go and make some. So yep. we're going to call our Chinese manufacturers, you know, <laughs> to to make some. Well, you're Vietnamese, me, so I'm sure you know someone. Oh, I know many people. He will do it for like two dollars an hour. There you go. <laughs> so. I don't condone slavery, but I will do it anyway. Yeah. Well, will you pay them in kind? Yeah. I'm sure, we'll yeah. find some kind of bartering system that That's works right. for everyone. Um. Yesterday, I uploaded a video on YouTube called um, "Cosplay Social." And the question was, are you really friends with your cosplay buddies? And Patrick just saw it yep. about an hour ago, and apparently he was impressed. Yeah, well, you do all the little graphics and um, these cute noises and stuff, so it's very watchable. It's short, to the point. He has like an on-screen list of things to look out for, um, so you know that it's a quid pro quo mutual friendship. You're not just an acquaintance. Um, and it also it was kind of like... Um, a lot of common sense stuff when you really think about it, but uh, you know, packaged in a nice, clean, vibrant way, and it just rolled off the th- like. You came at the host side of it, like voice to camera, like face on camera, yeah, surprisingly good. I, I love like, you. This Patrick, guy likes behind you. the mic, but now he's in front of the mic, yeah. on in front of the camera, and it works. So, um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate so, you get out there, it. and um, I don't know, I guess search for. So search for Cosplay Social or my YouTube channel, Blatant Labs. It's got a lot of cosplay content and uh, style videos. But so, so basically his YouTube channel is dedicated to, he's got thousands of videos 
of dogs that are blatantly Labradors. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. That's, that's, that's about as punny as I'll get tonight. Thank, thank you, Pat. Um, yeah. But I, I, re- I wanted to always to do this to make a monthly video series about talking seriously about cosplay issues, things that don't um, often get addressed on social media or at least they get complained within small uh, circle of friends. But to really dig, like get to the root core of these things and articulate it in a way that people can access it. It's stuff that people think about a lot or maybe talk to their mates about but don't, doesn't really pop up on the front page a lot. So we're trying to like, dig out all these little yeah. kind of things that make people anxious and bring them out into the open and discuss them and kind of go, well, what's this really mean? And you know? and we hope to you know talk more about it in the podcast in future yeah. episodes because uh, one thing I talked about was um, you know mutual acquaintances. You know, it's great to eat at a restaurant, mm. but at what point do you actually chill outside of that space and environment and really connect and bond in a way that when you call them up, they'll be elated and glad mm. to see you yeah. versus them wanting something out of you, like a favor or, or something like that. And I see that all too often in the community. Um, their self-worth and value is example through mm. photography and nothing else. And their only entry point to meet someone is through their technical skills versus through their charming charisma and persona and you know like-mindedness, mm. I guess, and through passion, through other things. Um, well, you know, but that's okay. I mean, a lot of people have that as the way through the door to meeting people, and then it builds time. from there. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's maybe it, it is a good entry point, but then if it's the only thing that's yeah. identifiable, then they're only calling you when they need you to fix something or help them out with a project. Yeah. Then hang on. Yeah. Um, I've got my issues with the photographers, but that's just personal. Um, <laughs> maybe because I suck. I actually, I actually don't do photography. I'm, no. I'm a videographer, filmmaker, but. Photography is totally virgin to me. I always assumed that you would do both. You know, that no. if you're into one, you're into the other, but apparently not. Because no. I definitely um, would love to do both. Yeah, you know, cool. Larger capacity, but it's just getting the right gear. And, you know, I have a little camera that I run around with, and some of my shots were, you know, surprisingly oh, good, really like good. especially outdoors. It loves the natural light. Um, and then others, really, really not good. So, But I think it just comes with time. Like I thought I was terrible. Then I gave my eight year old son the camera. And I felt really good about my skills. I was like, wow, okay. He's wow. Just, just snapping everything. I bet your self-esteem so, just went off the roof, yeah. man. So in the pantheon of the greats, you know, I'm slightly better than an eight-year-old. So that's where I'm going to hang my hat. Yeah. But, um, and then you run into guys like uh, George Wong was there. So it's good to see him back. Yeah, good work um, from him. Yeah, he's, solid. he's amazing. So, I mean, you know, and everyone's got regular jobs. I don't think there was many photographers there that that was their full-time job i would love to bring a photographer on the show and just talk mm. about um do they ever want to evolve their passions to like a career or are they already in a media photography related job and this is just yeah i can't think of of any there's one guy nathan atkins i think that kind of works for media um and he's always at cons taking photos because i feel kind of different because um you know videography is my job it's been my entire career i've i've never really worked in hospitality or in a cafe or in retail, it, like filmmaking has always been my job. And sometimes I feel quite isolated from the peeps that I meet all around me and hang. And so I feel very alone in that sense. But then on the flip side, I look at myself and I'm like, man, I'm just really lucky. Is that because you privileged. work alone a lot or because you don't under- you don't know what it's like to be in? I don't, like, know, you can't, I don't know what and, it's like basically mm. to work in those industries. And like, yeah. let's say like one girl studying forensic science, 
but their entire job. So it's harder job, for you to relate, basically. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, but in a way, mm. I guess um, maybe I'm lucky because I've been working my love and my passion and I never had to like wait tables as like a yeah. career person. I do envy you in that respect. I don't yeah. really envy you for living at your parents' house, but hey, 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 hey. <laughs> don't ruin yeah. the illusion, people. No, he's got a pretty sweet bachelor pad up here. With all these anime toys, so much yeah. for a bachelor pad. And it's like, ew, Vin, what's that? Why do you have like an anime girl in front of your computer? Ew. Uh, I don't see any pillows, at least. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got a lot of time left, guys. Uh, so, Patrick, you've seen a lot of um, anime pillows being sold at either Smash or at conventions, and yet Oz Comic Con is very geared towards a like a family environment. So, if it, like an eight-year-old kid like your son saw like, you know, a half-naked ripped clothes diva on a on a pillow, like, do you think that's mm. appropriate? Yeah, I think the only guys buying those things are either doing it allegedly ironically and then taking it home and hanging it on their wall and being like, yes, that's my goal. But, it, you know, it's generally a more mature market. So, um, it's like, it reminds me of the whole sex doll thing that's really happening now where they're getting really developed, like, advanced to the point where yeah. there's one that apparently resists... The, and there was a debate on Facebook on a friend's wall tonight about whether that's, you know, further misogynizing men that might be on the fence and it's creating these really, like, sociopathic um, men mm. that just objectify women and this is just going to reinforce that and that sort of thing. So, yeah. I don't know. And, you know, that it's terrible that there's this robot that's basically non-consenting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. Like, it can't consent because it's... A robot, so essentially <laughs> removes. So that's a real minefield. Like I, I don't know where to stand on that one. If they're at a Westworld level where they're consciously, they're basically alive in that fictional world, I would mm. consider someone like you know the main character. Um, can't remember her name I, right now. I did see Dolores on Dolores, Saturday, yeah, yeah. and I freaked and Wait, geeked out. The actor out. was there. No, no, you mean a cosplay. I was like, what? She was there? Why, why would she be there? You've got to say... Yeah, I did say okay, a Dolores cosplay. A Dolores cosplay, cosplay fine. Yep. It is a convention. You okay, I'm get sorry. Actors. And right. I geeked out. Yeah. And then um, on Sunday, I saw the man in black, um, Ed Harris, a uh, cosplayer. Um, oh, yeah. Ty- he shaved Tyler. his head and eyebrows for something. He shaved his eyebrows. And yeah. I was like, wow. Was like, it's Tyler. Because I go, why did you do that? I just thought it would be fun. Okay. <laughs> it's got a unique look, but... Um, yeah. Definitely more akin to the... Yeah, so I was very happy to see Westworld because, again, in this crowd, like, no one watches Westworld. Only maybe Pat, I know. Really? Small. Oh, I yeah, I, I say Westworld. Guilty pleasure. All these other guys are watching fucking Rick and Morty. Not that hey, it's a bad show. That's a good show. Not that it's a bad show, yeah. but... There was a lot of Rick and Morty cosplays. There was a Pickle Rick. Yeah. Um, That's more of a pertinent question because, you know, when is my son going to see a waifu pillow, maybe for two seconds walking past a stall at a con... I don't think that's going to damage him irreparably. Um, I'm more worried about when I, you know, I take him to a really good movie, like he loved Baby Driver. Oh, by the way, we've got to mention the Baby Driver cosplayer that we saw. He'd fashioned an electric car mm. into the little red, um, what was he driving in that thing? It was a D- Dodge Charger or Challenger, actually. Best cosplay of the day, for oh, sure. And he, uh, you know, he was wearing the outfit and he had the headphones, he rocked the hair, everything was perfect. So, yeah. props to him. Hopefully, he tags himself. Because we did get a few shots, um, but yeah, he was just driving around the hall, like as crowded as it was, and everyone, this the sea of people just parted for him. So um, I was a bit upset that he wasn't there on Sunday, um, so my son didn't get to see that because that's his favourite movie. He's so I'm more 
my big issue is that there's some moments in films like that where they're a little bit graphic and I'm like, oh, what's going to happen there? But I mean, yeah. I grew up watching Nightmare on Elm Street and I'm fine. Allegedly. I, Different generation. You didn't have iPads or iPhones or constant barrage of media in your face. I mean, yeah, this was I think special. he probably sees worse stuff, A, on YouTube and B. Um, yeah. Like Rick and Morty has some pretty mature themes, but I'm hoping a lot of it just goes over young people's heads mm, mm. You know, they just see like oh there's a guy that's basically a pickle shooting a bunch of other guys that's hilarious <laughs> and all the other more um they watch it again in a couple of years and get the rest of the humor it also helps that it's in animated format maybe that alleviates that yeah like the, violence and graphic cartoony. it's not too animated Literally. yeah so. um one, one thing that i noticed that's always been happening is that you have to wear a different costume every day you can't wear the same thing twice because apparently that's like maybe a cosplay cardinal sin or it's not recommended to do so. And I did it before many times and people ask me, oh, you're that guy again. Huh. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. where's your other costume? Like, I didn't realize. You I definitely feel that one. pressure. Like, I've got a Star Trek um, suit that's pretty cool, but, you know, I've worn it already a couple of times and that's it. You've got to retire it eventually. Really? Um, I don't know. It's... You know, one thing I noticed is that a lot of people have great memories. Um, I wore costumes like a year, year and a half ago, and they're like, "Were you that guy in the Millennium Falcon? Were you the guy in the X Wing?" I'm like, "Yes." Why do you remember? It? <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to refresh it, but yeah, at some point, after about four or five wears, it's time to give Have up. You still and... got the X Wing? It's in my like shed. Right. Yeah, it's okay. all stored in storage. I thought there was dust. one that you got rid of. Um, I got rid of Wally two years ago, and but no, not all of them are stored right. in my shed. You mean Wally? Wally. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, um, that's a good movie. It's all cumbersome to wear. Um, cool. Uh, do we have any final thoughts? Because that was uh, a, there's a new rapper. show on Stan called Electric Dreams, which is based on Stanley. Uh, no, not Stanley Kubrick. Um, Philip K. Dick, one of my favorite authors, and that is a. It's it's like David Lynch crossed... I mean, Philip K. Dick's stuff's already pretty confusing. I don't know if you ever saw um, Richard Linklater's uh, film that was kind of like cel-shaded. You know, like they filmed it and then they made it all look really cartoony. That didn't make a lot of sense. I think it had Keanu Reeves. Yeah, what was sure it called it again? It was called... Because I know what you mean. It took it's like... Scanner Darkly, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of his stuff doesn't really translate really well onto Dude. screen. But they've done really... I, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen the first episode. It seems like it's kind of going in a Black Mirror direction where it's the same universe, but there's lots of different stories told within it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Black Mirror, obviously, that jumps forward and backwards in time. Right. But there has been references in episodes to other episodes, like characters and things. Um, and that just one, we already talked about that. Was it uh, San... Is it Dora? No, San... Anyway, it won a Golden Globe, so good, good for That's them. That's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah, and and you, it's it's a series, right? So you're expecting to just sit down and chill out for forty minutes, maybe, you know. And they're actually an hour and a half long, most of them. So they're movie length, but usually the quality is so high that you just don't notice. Yeah, um, like a, a show I started watching today, and I haven't done this in a long time, where I've just not been able to get off the couch because it was so good. I had to hit next, hit next. But it's called the Ozarks, and it's um, Jason Bateman. Laura Linney, uh, it's a great supporting cast of unknowns, yeah. but really good actors. So um, I recommend that if anyone's got some spare time. It's basically like, it kind of reminds me of Breaking Bad, The Big C. Uh, it's just this really sardonic, dry humor. Mixed with a lot of pathos, a lot of um, beautiful photography, cinematography rather. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, it just hits all the right notes for me. So. Mm. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. There's so many shows on Netflix and HBO. And uh, this week is the release of Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah. The new one. That's coming out this weekend. I have yeah, to Yeah, 5th of October. I'm definitely putting my hand up for that one. Right. Oh, I'm God. a bit nervous because he's an unknown quantity for me. There's Jacques Villeneuve. Is that a race car driver? Anyway, he's French. Well, the French and, do uh, good work, don't they? Yeah, well, I don't know. Valerian got kind of hammered. I oh, think yeah. it lost about $400 million. So... It was ridiculous, but I haven't somehow Luc Besson still made money because he'd worked it out, so his own money wasn't at risk, but um, yeah, I feel bad for the investors on that one. Damn. I mean, and it was like bad casting, apparently. Side I, question. Seen, I was really looking forward to it, and that's another example of a film where the reviews were so poor that I just did not, didn't end up going. Yeah. So. Side question, did you like his previous work, Lucy, with Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. That an that's an interesting premise. They already had my heckles up about that because I knew that was so flawed so I was a bit concerned <laughs> that it would be another Lucy and apparently that's what happened so mm. you know mm. since you know he did all those movies like Ronan Fifth Element um, seems like Fifth Element is only his shining Matilda or thing. it might have been called The Professional uh, like that was kind of like the 90s was what's he done in the 2000s that kind of dropped you know, off really, hey yeah. yeah it's kind of I mean but he doesn't need to. Like, I can't really bitch at him because it's like he's made some of the best films, <laughs> my favorite films ever. So I can't like, yeah. you know, what have I done? So I don't like to kind of rail at the guy. But you know? you're the guy that's paying do money to see the movie. So you have every right yeah. to talk about it. Like, you, But I mean, you're they've a... spent whatever, how many million dollars on these things. And it's true, you know, but... I'm paying like $20 to see it. So it's... Yeah. It's, it's kind of like being a comedian and you're the audience member. If the, mm. if the jokes aren't funny, then just, it's not funny. I mean, they're still open to criticism, but it's yeah. just got to... you got to draw the line at, like, um, you know, tearing down the person behind it. You've got to go, all right, this... The artwork could have been executed better. It might have worked out more successfully if they'd done this with it. But in terms of, you know, getting pissed at Luke Besson or saying he's lost his way or whatever, I don't know. That, to me, is a murky ground. Yeah. So, I'm sure we'll be back and mm-hmm. knock it out of the stands one day. Um, sure. But that, I'm a bit worried about Blade Runner. I know it's got Harrison Ford in it, and pretty much everything he, he touches is gold. Um, yeah, so. biggest fan. Like, he's, mm. he reminds me of my dad. Like, a man of few words, but when he says something, it's yeah. very impactful. I don't know how much he'll be in the movie, because obviously the star is... Um, Reynolds Ryan Reynolds Ryan, no it's not Ryan Reynolds no it's um, Ryan Gosling sorry Ryan Gosling sorry he's one of the Ryans <laughs> sorry um, they all look the same yeah yeah so and he's been in some shockers so hopefully this is a good one yeah well he was in La La Land yeah that was good I haven't seen it as apparently a really sad movie but no I'm thinking of the one where he's in Thailand working as like his mum runs a strip club or so it's really weird i'm not sure it doesn't make any sense yeah hey yeah can't win them all well guys uh we've got blade running this week uh con season for sydney has been officially over yeah except Um, for the walking dead look up that zombie walk um oh they might there's collector manias happening again i don't know if there'll be cosplay involved so i'll have to check in on that one um yeah well fantastic in Melbourne, that's right. Happening. There's still Brisbane with Stanley coming. Yes. So that's you know, if you're willing to travel interstate or you're mm-hmm. actually already interstate somewhere, sure. Then you know, it's gonna be fun it. days. Well, everybody, that wraps up episode 12 of Banana Split. Thank you for listening. My name is Vin. My name is Patrick. Grab some dessert and get the hell out of here.
This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. 